0: Hello and thank you for joining us this morning. I'm Cameron, I'm Marshall,
1: and I'm Sarah. We are the remnant of the Riley family.
0: I spent my days in the hospital and my nights farming.
1: Uh, I'm a vet, I've started an ultrasound scanning business and I enjoy a bit of gardening at home in this lovely weather.
0: Our first hymn this morning will be Thine Be the Glory.
2: Theme for the week when we consider the ascension, looking up. So as we move on into our service of worship today, let's just open with a short prayer. Too often, Lord God, we are hesitant in our words, seeking safe and suitable opportunities to speak of our faith. Too often, Lord, we are half-hearted in our service, reluctant to stand out from the crowd or to attract criticism. Too often, Lord God, we live as if dependent wholly on our own resources, relying on our perceived skills and modest insights. Too often, Lord God, we look to the clouds for our inspiration in the vain hope of finding you there. Forgive the poverty of our efforts and the frailty of our faith. And open wide our hearts and minds to the imminent presence of our risen, living and and ascended Lord Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's look up. Ready?
3: Welcome back to the Beaver Camino, our new series where we try to offer a few wee ideas and suggestions for your daily dander to turn a walk, which is a good thing, into a walk with Jesus, which is an awesome thing. A couple of weeks ago we started off by asking you to look out for signs on your walks and thank you to all of you who've sent us in some fantastic pictures of signs, big and small, naming signs, direction signs, signs that we're glad to see more of and even signs that are just the long and the short of it. Now today we're going to start a new theme for our Camino walks. Really simple, two little words, look up. Now, within reason, obviously, also look where you're going and make sure you're being careful, but see if you can make a concerted effort as much as possible to look up. I think naturally quite a lot of the time we walk along with our eyes down and our faces down sometimes because we're being careful we're just looking where we're going but sometimes because the weight of the world is pressing down on our shoulders we're like those two disciples on the road to Emmaus it says as they walked along their faces were downcast. I think there's actually quite a lot going on in the direction of our gaze. When we look down, looking at our feet on the path, we're looking at where we are. When we look ahead of us, we're looking at where we're going. But when we look up, we notice all sorts of things. We see all sorts of things in the world around us with a whole new perspective. In fact, I think I could nearly guarantee that if you head out on a few Camino walks over these next couple of weeks and make a determined effort to keep looking up whenever you can, you will notice things that you've never noticed before. Even in the most familiar surroundings and the paths that you've walked many times, you will see new things. So today's walk is to White Abbey Village to First visit to a barbershop in a long, long time. Feels good. Uh, Susan did a great job through lockdown, but oh my goodness, nice to be back. Now, this isn't the absolute prettiest main street in the world when you're walking along at ground level, just to of little coffee shops and houses but uh, I genuinely hadn't ever noticed this before when you look up there's the most incredible view along the street to the cave hill you can look up to and isn't that Napoleon's nose I'm looking towards so if anyone's up there climbing the cave hill today they might be looking back down at me looking up at them. Incredible how just this little street of shops at ground level has this beautiful mountain towering above when you look up so taking my new haircut for a walk and a coffee at the Lockshore Park. Just found out that oDonuts Donuts has just opened up here in White Abbey, very exciting and great to see a few brave souls starting to use the caravan park as well. So it's lovely down here, down by the sea, the park itself is lovely but of course the whole reason to come here is to look up, to look out across the waves in one direction you can see across to Belfast, you can see the skyline of the city, the outline of the cranes against the sky. And the other direction, when you look up at this exact moment, I can see the Stenna heading out towards Scotland. So looking up makes me dream and long for the days where we're heading off on our adventures again. Now, next location, these are streets that I haven't walked for months many's the long day the streets around Belfast city centre and it's fascinating to see them just at the cusp just as everything is reopening and the streets are starting to return to life but it's really interesting to be walking these streets with that specific challenge in mind to keep looking up because it's only when you look up that you see some of the most beautiful architecture in the city. I don't think Belfast is alone in this, probably like many city centres at ground level, there's nothing really all that remarkable. It's all shops and coffee shops, plate glass windows, advertising hoardings, nothing really much to set the soul alight. But when you look up, you can see the bones of the old Victorian city. Some of these lovely buildings put me in mind of those fantastic old black and white photographs of the trams rattling along High Street or Royal Avenue. You can actually see the history of the city and get that sense that it has so many stories to tell. One other thing that i've really noticed on my walks today is that the one type of building that you might stumble across on your walks that encourages you to look up maybe more than anything else appropriately enough are places of worship which always seem to be built with that kind of upwards momentum pointing soaring up into the sky now maybe this isn't often true in modern cities where there are loads of tall buildings but Incredible to think that down through the centuries most people that have ever lived the tallest building that they would have ever seen Would be a church or a place of worship that for generations of people the best physical visible reminder to stop on your tracks and look up would be a spectacular church spire. So maybe no harm that we still use them in the same ways in our walks and our Camino walks today, that whenever we see a beautiful church building soaring up into the clouds, again it functions as that little reminder to stop and to look up. I love the way the new spike on St. Anne's Cathedral, it's almost like, uh, it just needs a wee arrow on the top of it, doesn't it? It's almost like a look up direction sign. just as a little perfect end to a perfect day, just as I was looking for lunch, I noticed there's signs all round Castle Court for a new thing called skyline or something like that which basically means they've put a massive tent you can just see it behind me uh, up on the open top story of the multi-story car park so that you can get a takeaway and come up here to eat how perfect is that best view in belfast why did we not think of ideas like this before they became a necessity so next time you're in town check it out look up and you will see on the roof of castle court perfect place to sit and eat your lunch So I'll look forward to hearing all the stories of all the things that you appreciate and notice when you lift your eyes and look up. Because of course there's something, it's more than just a physical action of looking up, there's something of the spirit in it as well. Uh, There's a beautiful verse from the Psalms, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And that's what I... I hope we have that kind of uh, that sense that spirit that posture um, as we head out in our Camino walks this is not just about looking up physically on Thursday, just past, we marked Ascension Day. So you can see where we started to get our idea of looking up. But of course, on that first Ascension Day, again, there was something so much more going on than just the physical action of a group of people looking up into the sky. Uh, There was loads going on in their hearts and in their spirits as well, as Michael is about to illuminate for us in a couple of minutes. Just before we switch over to Michael, uh, we're going to go to Michelle, first of all, to teach us a new song based on those beautiful words from the Psalms, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Now, I say it's a new song. It's actually quite an old song. Uh, It's a Graham Kendrick song, just to, to show you just how old it is, but I think it might be new to most of you. So Michelle will help us to get the hang of the tune. Then we'll hand over to Michael and then we'll sing it all together. So thanks, guys. Michelle, over to you
0: morning everybody uh, we're going to learn a new piece
1: today <laughs> called to you oh lord so uh, we'll just do it the way we normally do a couple of lines then you can try singing it back next couple of lines singing it back etc so I'll talk to you as I play through it though <laughs>
4: Amen. Mm-hmm.
3: of it. I will probably repeat the chorus at the end as
5: well whenever we come to do it a bit later.
1: Okay, thanks everybody!
5: Dear Theophilus, in the first volume of this book I wrote on everything that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he said goodbye to the apostles, the ones he'd chosen through the Holy Spirit and was taken up into heaven. After his death, he presented himself alive to them in many different settings over a period of 40 days. In face-to-face meetings, he talked to them about things concerning the kingdom of God. As they met and ate meals together, he told them that they were on no account to leave Jerusalem, but you must wait for what the Father promised, the promise you heard from me, John, baptised in water. You will be baptised in the Holy Spirit and soon. So when they were together for the last time, they asked, Master, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? Is this the time? He told them, you don't get to know the time. Timing is the father's business. What you'll get is the Holy Spirit and when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, over all Judea and Samaria, even to the ends of the world. These were his last words. For as they watched, he was taken up and he disappeared in a cloud. They stood there staring into the empty sky and suddenly two men appeared in white robes and they said you Galileans why do you stand there looking up at the empty sky this very Jesus who was taken up from among you to heaven will come as certainly and mysteriously as he left amen good morning today I'm going to spend 10 or 15 minutes just having Uh, some thoughts, a reflection on a subject that we don't talk about much, the Ascension. And you can see I've entitled this uh, talk, Things Are Looking Up. And the theme for today has been the idea of looking up. Uh, To put this in its context, you remember that Jesus was born and he lived for probably 33, 34 years. He died and three days later he rose and he was seen by disciples and as Paul says up to 500 people at one time. And during a period of about 40 days, he had a ministry, a very different one than the three years that we learn of in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And then he ascends into heaven and 10 days later, the Holy Spirit comes down at Pentecost. Now, we know that, we've been taught about it. And yet, when it comes to church or youth groups or services, we tend to have the particular subjects that we think about, such as the birth of Jesus at Christmas time. The ministry of Jesus and includes the parables and miracles, his death and his resurrection, uh, the sending of the Holy Spirit and he then distributing the gifts and then the second coming. Now those I guess are the purple passages, the things that we hear a lot about within the Christian church. And yet the ascension is one of those subjects that tends to be left to one side. Now it was important enough to feature in all three creeds, particularly the creed that we would recite some Sundays which we call the Apostles' Creed. So why the silence? Well, I think, particularly in the evangelical tradition, in sermons and in talks, we tend to focus on what Jesus did and what he will do when he comes back again, but not necessarily in the period in between, in what he's actually doing now. There's some other reasons, I think, that the ascension doesn't have much of a focus. It's a very small piece of the history of the Gospels, and there's only two recorded accounts of it in Luke uh, Acts and in Mark. It's hard to address the subject separately, unlike, for example, the incarnation or the death and resurrection of Jesus. People would sometimes see it only as something connects one thing to the other. In other words, it connects Jesus' death and resurrection to a second coming. Often it's put in the too hard box Oh, people wouldn't understand it. And then there's the issue that addresses us in modern science. We know today that heaven isn't up there and earth isn't down below, a bit like the John sandwich model that the people at the time of Jesus would have thought of it, the three-tier universe. So the idea of Jesus ascending to heaven is being challenged by some coming from a scientific worldview to say well it can't possibly be true because heaven isn't up there. And I guess for all these reasons the ascension tends to be a subject we don't much preach about. And in the New Testament there are three explicit references, Luke has two of them, Mark has one. But in the rest of the uh, books of the New Testament, of which there are 27, remember, there are 35 references. There's also a huge amount of references in the Old Testament, the most particular and one that we're probably most aware of from the writer to the Hebrews is the book of Daniel. So not only was it prophesied, not only did Jesus talk about his ascension, but it's recorded almost 40 times in scripture. Here are some of those. The event that Mark, about 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, recorded. Later Jesus appeared to the twelve when they were eating. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. And obviously Mark witnessed that. Luke, the doctor, the historian who wasn't an apostle, researched things very diligently. And 20 years after Mark he writes this, that Jesus was taken up into heaven or carried up, that there was a cloud, that there were witnesses who gazed up as he ascended, that there were angels and that there was a heavenly proclamation. And so, in Luke chapter 24, he says, When Jesus had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. And then today's reading in the book of Acts, You will receive power, says Jesus, when the Holy Spirit comes in you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from sight. So what's the background to this? Because it seems perhaps very difficult for us to understand in the 21st century. Well, in the Old Testament, ascension or going up was very important. It was linked to heaven being the high and exalted place where God lived. It was linked to the fact that kings rose and stood to be crowned. And also, lots of the Psalms are called Psalms of Ascent, as people ascended to Jerusalem, the holy city. So the idea of going up has a long history in the Old Testament. It also has the idea that when you're in heaven, there's something transcendent, there's something of expectation, there's something supernatural about it. There was a cloud, there was a disappearing man, there were even the angels at the departure point and it's also, as I said earlier, a transition. The end of Jesus' earthly life and the coming of the Holy Spirit and Jesus ascended so that could happen. There's other imagery as well. Jesus descends to the dead, he ascends again in the resurrection And then he ascends 40 days later into heaven and then there's going to be a further descent. So this is like a cycle. Jesus was born, he died, he resurrected, he ascended and he's coming back. And in that coming back there's going to be an exaltation. Because people who thought that death was the end, that he was put in a grave and even doubted his resurrection, will not be able to doubt when he comes back on that exaltation. And we're also told both in the Old and New Testament that that's necessary so that evil can actually be overcome and again for us as Christians if there has been a first coming in Christmas and that that was prophesied over 300 times the second coming has been prophesied as many times. So the idea of Jesus ascending into heaven means he is going to come back and claim his own. But what is the importance of the ascension for us in the 21st century? Well if we look at the book of Acts, Luke is particularly clear that going into heaven, that Jesus is exalted by his Father. Jesus died, he triumphed over death on the cross, he rose again, the Father raised him from the dead, and now he has lifted him up bodily into heaven, and he's exalted. In fact, Paul makes up a new Greek word, and he says he has been super exalted in Philippians there. And he gives him that special name, Paul tells us. In Mark, you can see later in Mark's account uh, that not only had Jesus been taken up into heaven before them, but look, Mark adds... And he sat down at the right hand of God. Now the high priest was never able to sit down because his work was never done and so the physical sitting down was a sign it was something that a rabbi did whenever he was going to make a pronouncement or teach people expected something when he sat down and so when Jesus ascends to heaven he sits down at the right hand showing that his earthly work is done. We're also told by Luke that heaven had to receive him but it's only going to be for a time in other words it's a temporary home it's interesting in the opening prologue of john's gospel we're told that jesus made his home among us for a short time the greek word is he 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 actually built a nest it was a temporary accommodation well in the same way jesus ascension into heaven is temporary it's only there until the time is right god's time galatians 4 4 said that there's going to be a time for jesus to be born and there's going to be a time for Jesus to return. Paul then says to the Romans that he intercedes because he died, because he's taken his bodily form into heaven, he understands what it is to be human and he therefore can intercede with us knowing what we're going through. But the writer to the Hebrews also raises up the fact he's also a high priest. So not only does he intercede as a high priest, he intercedes as our brother and one that suffered as we did, who understands our temptation. So in every way he's able to stand before the Father and intercede on our behalf. But it's not as if he's sitting up there just with his arms folded. If you remember at the stoning of Stephen, Stephen looked up and said, I see heaven open and the only reference to Jesus standing when he's in heaven is there. And he was standing, looking out of heaven to receive Stephen's spirit. And then later in Acts 9, if you remember when Paul's walking along the Damascus road, and he's accosted by this light, he falls to his knees, and he said, Who is this that's talking to me? The voice said, It is I, and you're persecuting my church. So even though Jesus had ascended, even though he'd gone into heaven, he was still active receiving Stephen, and he was still active encountering Paul. So what does this achieve for us? Well, I think when we put the scriptural references together, it shows that this victory was complete. It wasn't that he just was bodily resurrected. He was physically assumed into heaven and he's coming back again. It shows that Jesus has the honour. He has the right to actually intercede and to to bring us in prayer before the Father. And that that resurrection gives him the power to be able to do mighty things, we're told. He's also having a period of rest, the writer of Hebrews says, after that terrible last year of his life and the final agony of death on the cross and then the disbelief of the disciples. He has rest until the time's right for him to come back again. So until that time, he's there forever interceding on our behalf. He's there as the victim, the one who's died on the cross and rose again, but also the one who's the high priest who can intercede on our behalf. So he brings our humanity before the throne. And also we're told if he hadn't have gone into heaven, Jesus said his spirit wouldn't have been able to come. So when Jesus ascended 10 days later, he sent his Holy Spirit and that same Holy Spirit is present among the church and gives the gifts to all of us as believers. So what's in it for us sounds to be a very 21st century postmodern question but ultimately it's one we have to struggle with. Well we're told by Paul that as Christ has been raised up we too are raised up to be with him and because he lives we can live and therefore we are to think of things above the earthly things and when we look at what's going on in the world today wouldn't it be great if we had that vision to be able to look above the earthly travail? We're told that we have in heaven a high priest that understands. It's not a nameless deity. If we think of the Taj Mahal, the 99 beautiful names of God, and the word Father doesn't appear above it. And the reason we can call him Father is that Jesus is our brother, and he's introduced us to the Father through his ascension. I want to finish by an amazing translation of a very familiar passage from the book of Hebrews in the message. And if this doesn't embolden us, if this doesn't fire us up, if this doesn't say, well, that's what the Ascension's about. And we don't go off here saying, well, it's looking up from here. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we'd better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. Never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished the race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, that exhilarating finish in and with God. So he could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour, right alongside God. And so when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item that long litany of hostility he ploughed through that will surely shoot adrenaline into your souls and we can all say amen to that we're now going to try to express something of our feeling for what jesus has done and what the father did in bringing him up into heaven and sitting him down at his right hand in the words of a lovely graham kendrick hymn to you O lord i will lift up my soul let's worship together
6: let us pray forgive us father for standing with your disciples with mouths gaping open and eyes looking heavenward we would like to stand here looking heavenward and thinking about how much jesus means to us but we are called to lower our eyes and get moving to serve you in this world so father help us to hold the image of jesus ascension in our hearts but with our hands and hearts ready to do the work that you have set before us. You have asked us to live out our resurrection faith in service. Help us to be agents of healing and mercy, of peace and hope. Help us to live the prayers we ask. Amen. Thank you for your incredible sacrifice so that we might have freedom and life. Forgive us for when we don't thank you enough, for who you are, for all that you do, for all that you have given. Amen. Lord God, whose son Jesus Christ understood people's fear and pain, I want to thank you for the amazing healing and restoration that you have brought to our family in these last few weeks. So with renewed faith we pray for those who are ill, either at home or in hospital, surround the frightened with your tenderness give strength to those in pain hold the weak in your arms of love and give hope and patience to those who are recovering we ask this through christ our lord amen god of our past god of our future from whom comes all authority in heaven and on earth we pray for local councils For the northern ireland assembly and executive as well as those who serve elsewhere in government in the uk and in ireland by your gracious help may they govern with wisdom and integrity and serve the common good that all may enjoy peace and grow in respect for one another this we ask through jesus christ our lord amen I want to finish with a prayer written by a child. Lord God, you're always with me in the day and in the night. You are with me when I am happy and when I am sad. You are with me when I am healthy and when I am ill. You are with me when I am peaceful and when I am worried. Help me to remember that you love me and are with me in everything today. Amen.
3: Welcome back to the Grip our little roundup of news so that you can know Waza! What's Waza What's What's in the wonderful world of Beaver Parish. It's all good news today. First of all, we're gonna hand over to the Watsons.
0: I heard good news two weeks ago. Some of you might know I've been exploring ordination for ministry in the Church of Ireland. And it's a process that goes way back to when Tom was the rector, and he set me out on this path. So about a month ago, I went to a thing called National Selection Conference, which is really lots of interviews where they dig into your understanding of faith, your understanding of the Church of Ireland, and really test if you have a vocation or not. And then you don't hear anything for a number of weeks. But I heard back two weeks ago when Bishop David contacted me to say that the Selection Conference had identified a call and were happy for me to go to the Church of Ireland Theological Institute to train for the Ordained Ministry. So my hope would be to go in September and to start in September. And my also hope would be to go part-time. What does part-time look like? Well, it'll be a weekend a month in Dublin, and then study at home. I'm also going on placement in churches, probably in the local area. So you mightn't see as much of me over the next few years, but the family will still be about. I just want to thank all of you who've held me in prayer over the last number of years, as I've gone down this journey and followed this path, and just ask that you will continue to pray for us as a family as we seek the Lord's direction in our lives. See you soon.
3: Great stuff, thank you guys. Exciting times for all of you and uh, congratulations from all of us. Now, more good news for our teenagers this time. So let's hand over to Olivia.
1: Hi everyone, for the last year the 11-16s have been meeting online um, on Zoom every Sunday evening which is why it's so exciting that I'm finally announcing that we're going to be meeting in person this Sunday night and um, we're going to be meeting at 7 in the hall. I'm so 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 excited to see everyone that I've been meeting with on Zoom finally in person after all this time um, and anyone that feels like joining if you're watching this and you haven't been a part of the group so far um, I'm, i'll leave my email here and you can just email me contact details or anything and i'll let you know everything that you need to know um but as i say we're going to be meeting in the hall at seven on sunday night so i really hope to see everyone there see you soon
3: and finally this morning the grapevine meets changing rooms we're going to hand over to helen now to tell you a story about furniture
1: good morning my beaver family Just uh, wanted to tell you a little bit about All Nation Ministries and the work we've been doing with donated furniture. So it started off very small. We would sit with the refugees and the asylum seekers and they maybe would say to us they had a need for something. And slowly, slowly we started to have donations of toasters and kettles and small things like that. And then bit by bit other people started to say, I've got a bed that, you know, maybe someone could use or I've got a wardrobe. Can you come get it? So it started small with David Maganda, you know, and a trailer and he was putting this stuff into the trailer and maybe taking it out to North Belfast, East Belfast, wherever it was needed. And then he found one day that he had a big mattress in it and he was going round a roundabout. And This is not funny, but it is a bit funny. Uh, it ended off sliding off and we sort of thought, oh dear, we can't go on like this. This is a wee bit dangerous and all Elf and Safety wouldn't stand over carving things around that are sliding off the, the trailer or the top of the car. So we decided to buy uh, a lovely big uh, van and over the last, I suppose, months we've been going around doing quite big jobs like house clearances where maybe the parents of a family have died and the the children want to make donations to something that's going to be useful for other people. So we've travelled to Lisburn, we've travelled to North Belfast, we've travelled to Whitehead, lots of different places and uh, people are so kind and they give us this stuff that is really of good quality and what we've been able to help so many refugees and families because they come here they seek asylum uh, and they maybe are given a home and, so, and they seek benefits which are around £30 a week but very often the houses are empty so they have after some floor or they have nowhere to hang their clothes uh, or their kitchen you know there's lots of things they don't have that when they need to cook or make things for the family so basically we have been gathering things in and taking them out Uh, and hopefully some of you will have seen the pictures on Facebook where we have set out our stall in St Catherine's uh, Church of Ireland uh, uh, in Fort William and there we have displays of what goods we have, you know, food, clothing, furniture Uh, and people can come, the families can come and and choose what they want it gives them a little bit of dignity, they can say, oh that would fit in my home or I need that and that looks good, can I have that little table or lamp or picture and so we're giving these donations to families that really are in need and they're so, so appreciative. So I just wanted to let you know a little bit about it. And if you have any further questions, please don't hesitate to contact me. And it's lovely to see you as well. Thank you.
3: Amazing, thanks Helen and thanks to everyone who's involved in that, there's something really powerful about that, it reminds me a wee bit of the Kitsuki bowl, do you remember a few weeks ago Adrian showed us the little broken bowl that became more beautiful in the process of repairing it and renewing it and a similar thing with all that old furniture, something beautiful happens when it is donated and repaired and given to the people who really need it and appreciate it. So. Fantastic work, everybody. Now, folks, we're heading towards our final hymn. Uh, this honestly wasn't planned. We've realised this has kind of become the Graham Kendrick R this morning. We taught you a new Graham Kendrick song earlier, and now we are going to sing possibly the all-time classic Graham Kendrick hymn, Shine, Jesus, Shine. A hymn about looking up to see the light in the darkness. <laughs>
2: to us today, to look up. When Janice and I are out walking we both wear glasses. I have to take mine off when I'm walking because my glasses help me see things this distance from my face Uh, and therefore everything out ahead of me is blurred so I have to take my glasses off because I get to see the big picture clear as anything. The difference for Janice is that um, her glasses do the opposite And therefore, she tends to look downwards, so we get both perspectives when we're out walking. Um, She'll see flowers growing around the, the verges of where we're walking, whereas I tend to see things that are up in the trees. And neither is better than the other, except today when we're encouraged to look up, to see a different perspective. Abraham, the very beginning of the story of God's people, God said to him, look up look up and see the stars that's what God was going to do so let's in whatever way we can this week let's look up see the greatness and the majesty of God all around us in our lives and outside of our lives and may the blessing of God almighty Father risen, ascended Son and expectant Holy Spirit be in us and around us, before us and behind us this day and forevermore. Amen. Thank you. Now things are changing, so watch the announcements, uh, watch the website and the app, just so you know everything that's going on. I think I'm going to hand you back to the Rileys now. So, see you soon.
3: Thanks for joining us and have a good week.
1: See you next week for Gather Together in Church.
3: Bye.